Hey, welcome to the C3 Victory Podcast. We're praying this message encourages you, grows your faith, and builds your relationship with Jesus. Thanks for joining us. Man, it's good to be here this morning. We have been in the middle, we are in the middle of an incredible series that Pastor Nate kicked off out of vision. Now, this is, this is a powerful series. Come on, let's give, them a, let's give the series a hand. Whoever started that? Julie started that. I like to try and start claps too. I think it's fun. Um, we're in the middle of a series called The Captive Cause. The Captive Cause. And Pastor Nate kicked it off a couple of weeks ago. And it's been an incredible message series. And if you haven't been here, I want to encourage you, go back, check out all the other messages because they build upon one another. In fact, every Sunday at church, we're not just like popping out solo messages. We are going somewhere as a community and we want everyone on the train. We're like, we're like a train going somewhere on mission and we want everyone on the train. Don't just pop off on a, don't just jump on from one station. You're going to miss the scenery from like through two weeks ago and what we've been talking about and where we are. So we want to help you in the journey of where we're going as a community. So make sure you get on that train. Go back, get the podcast, get on YouTube. I love YouTube. How good is YouTube for like catching up on stuff? It's so good. But it's better, it's better here together. But we're in the middle of a series, The Captive Cause. And our key scripture for The Captive Cause is Ephesians 4, 1. So get your Bibles out, get your, your iPhone out on your Bible. Ephesians 4 in the NIV is, says, a, this is Paul speaking, or at least we think it's Paul, in the letter to the Ephesians says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. You have received it. You have already received this calling. And Paul is urging us to take possession of what we've already received. We've received it, but we have to take possession of what we received. And he's urging us, take possession. We're here for like 80, 90, 100 years. We are sojourners. We are pilgrims. This is a blip. We have a heavenly home. We have an eternal place. And we are here now on mission for the kingdom of God. And he's like, hey, 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 I, I'm not urging you to set up how, like a beautiful home with a white picket fence and a dog. That's all nice. That's great. I'm not bashing that. But he's like, I'm not urging you to build your own kingdom. I'm urging you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received from Christ. We are, part, we are called to a huge plan. This is bigger than ourselves. This is bigger than our hopes and our dreams. Now, God's incredible because He kind of he weaves our hopes and dreams into His plan. But He has a plan. He has a mission. And we get to join and be part of the king's mission in the earth. We get to join his plan. As a church, we are joining in with God's plan for heaven to come to earth. This is not our plan. It's not Pastor Nate's great plan. It's not C3 Victory's fantastic plan. No, no, we're, we're, we're falling in line with God's plan to move across the face of the earth and bring dead things back to life. 
That's the plan. That's the story that every single one of us are a part of. And Paul is urging us, live a life in sync with that calling. The first week, Pastor Nate set the foundation that we are called in him. That we are first called into relationship with God. We are first called to understand our identity, our sonship, who we are as a child of God, we are first called into Him. Pastor Nate said, Dan tools, because sometimes we can get so busy getting active for God, doing all the things for God that we forget. No, no, no. We're going to set the foundation that we are in Him. So Dan tools, uh, it says in John 15, 4, it says, remain in me. This is Jesus speaking. Remain in me as I also remain in you, because no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. We can't bear fruit unless we remain in Him. We can't be disconnected from God and hope that we're going to bear fruit for God. We have to, we have to remain in the vine. The second week, Pastor Nate Last week spoke about how we are called to community. We are called to the body that the church is both an organization and an organism. We are called to the body of Christ, the, the, the family of God across the earth that God is using to, to extend the kingdom of God. We are called into a family. We are called into a community. And C3 Victory, we are a local, contextual, time-specific expression of that larger community. And this is where we are called into relationship with one another. This is where we are called into community in our local city to reach Newcastle, the Hunter Valley, wherever you live, wherever you work, to reach it together for the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on that this morning. There's going to be a bit of overlap. Do, do that this morning. No, I just wanted to see if anyone actually do that. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I thought someone would do it. You know, sometimes when you have a microphone, you just do things and people follow along, you know. It's pretty amazing. But no one did it. I'm, I'm proud of you, actually. Like, I would be a little bit, you know, I'd be a little bit disappointed if you just start doing weird moves because I told you to. So that's good. That's healthy. That's mature. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a bit of overlap this morning. I'm not trying to dab. That's, that's like 10 years old. But... Um, I'm going to do a bit of overlap this morning. And my aim this morning is to help you understand the rhythm of your mission. That word is interchangeable with what we've been talking about, your calling. The rhythm of your calling or the rhythm of your appointment. The rhythm of your role in this big picture. Hopefully this morning I want to answer questions or shed some light or help some people with some questions like, what is my role to play in the kingdom of God? Like, what's my role? What is my role? What is my calling? Like, we've been talking about calling. Like, how do I go about outworking my role? I'm a hairdresser. Not, not me, but like, that you might be a hairdresser. Thinking, I'm a hairdresser. What does this have to do? What is the calling the kingdom of God? How do I do that in the hairdresser? Do I pray over people's hair? Like, do I... Do I like anoint the hairspray? Do I, you know, is do I anoint the water that the combs, the blue water that the combs and things sit in? You know, like, 
like maybe you're a bricklayer. Do, do I write scriptures on the bricks and like that's how I extend the kingdom of God? Like how do I do it? I go to work every day, 7 a.m. in the morning or whatever you start with. How do I do this thing called calling in the context of my everyday, mundane, boring, chaotic, exciting, whatever it might be, life? I want to help you do that this morning. My aim is to help you understand how we can walk in the rhythm of our calling. And this is the title of my message this morning. You ready? Write this down in your notes. This is the title of my message this morning. It is the cadence of our calling. We love alliteration, don't we, as preachers? Oh, my goodness. That came to me. I'm like, yes, the the letters match. The cadence, the cadence of our calling. Now, you're probably thinking, you might know what cadence means, but uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a little little hint in, in my world of running. I like to run. And, uh, and if you thought there was going to be a running story this morning, you're correct. <laughs> it's not a big running story. <clears throat> but essentially, in running, we like to look at our cadence. If you ask Joel, Joel Proctor, where are you? Joel loves his details on his garment. He's always letting us know what his cadence is. And Joel let us know, he lets us, he does all his research on the running. And he lets us know that in running, the cadence, the best cadence to run, the healthiest cadence to run is 180 BPM. 180, 190 BPM. Now the cadence, the definition of cadence, here we go, is the beat, time, or measure of rhythmical motion or activity. So if I'm doing this, this is my cadence. That's not... (laughs) Pressure. This this is my cadence, (laughs) right? I don't know if it's 180 BPM, but there's a cadence to my running, right? There's a beat to my running. There's a rhythm to my running. And uh, we have to keep in cadence. And there's a cadence to our calling because the interesting thing about our calling in cadence, see how my two legs when we run, one leg is not mutually exclusive to the other leg. There's a beat. There's a rhythm, there's a cadence in our calling. There's a cadence all through Scripture. God loves His rhythms. I'm good at that because I like music. And if I get to heaven, God's going to be some good music up there. There's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. It's a rhythm. What's up, Pastor Keith? Oh, I'm going to get there. I just hope there's some good music up there. (laughs) I'm sure I'm going to get there. Come on. There's a time to sow and there's a time to reap. There's a time for joy and there's a time for mourning. There's a time for faith and there's a time for action. There is a rhythm in the kingdom of God and there is a cadence in our calling. We are called to love God and we are called to love people. And in, in the context of, what we're, of this series, captive of the cause, there is, a, there is a cadence in our calling, there is a gather. Pastor Nate t- talked about this last week. There is a gather and there is a go. There's a gathering and there's a going. We don't just gather as a church, but we also go as a church. We gather and we go. And they're not mutually exclusive. We don't just go, go, go without gathering. And we don't just gather, gather, gather without going. No, there's a cadence to our calling, and it's gather and go. We go and gather at the same time. While we're gathering, we are also going. We come together as a community. We grow, we go and extend the kingdom of God Monday to Saturday, weekends, wherever we are, wherever we go. There's a cadence to our calling. We gather. 
Pastor Nate touched on the, the body of Christ last week. And when we say church, so, so many of our minds go to 9.30, 10 a.m., Sunday morning, good oil, get a good park, get a good seat, make sure I'm in the service at the good time to get my seat. We think church, we think building. We think this place, we think church is just an hour of worship and messages in a nice building once a week. But church actually is translated as ecclesia. The word is in the Greek, it's the Greek words kaleo or kaleo. Is that better, Pastor Keith? Kaleo. I'm going to try and do the, the Greek part there. <laughs> the kaleo. Which means, kaleo means to call. With the prefix ek, which is out. Thus the word means the called out ones. The church is the ecclesia, the, ch- the called out people of God. It's not just, it's not a building. It's not a set of programs. These are all tools. These are all functions to facilitate what the church is, is a community of called out people, a community of called out ones. Acts 2.1 says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Acts 2.42 to 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and a fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. A lot of the times, you know, one third of that is eating food together. Oh, that's interesting. One third of that, you know, a lot of times a preacher might be like, they devoted themselves to the teaching and to, to eating food and prayer. No, they devoted themselves to some eating of some food. Just as much as they developed, devoted themselves to prayer and teaching, they devoted themselves to community, to each other, heart on heart, not just rubbing shoulders, life on life. They had, it says, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. How good is that? I tell you what, a building, man, it's not that exciting compared to what the community of the called out ones can be and can do for the kingdom of God. The truth is we're always gathering. We're always gathering. It's not just that we gather on Sunday. This is important. This is special. This is great. This is fun. But we're not just gathering on Sunday. We're gathering in table spaces. We're gathering over coffee tables. We're gathering when we do meal trains and we we serve each other by making a nice lasagna for the person who's sick or for a family member who's passed away and we spend time and sacrifice energy and money to contribute to each other. This is what community is. That is the gathering that we see in Acts, not just programs and services. They're fun, but it's not just programs and services. Pastor Nate preached from this passage in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 11 to 12. Now this morning, I'm going to, last week, Pastor Nate uh, leveled up from the NLT version to the NIV version. I'm going to level up to the New King James version this morning, all right? I, I don't know if there's levels in like, he's like, is King James the pinnacle? I mean, King James sounds like King Jimmy. When we read, I, it, it sounds like pirate language to me, like Shakespeare. They'll, you know, you, you, like, I don't know, I can't say it properly. 
So we've got New King James, just new, new King James, new King Jimmy. <coughs> level up, level up, there we go. Right, <laughs> achievement unlocked, New King James. Got a badge in my Bible app. All right. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Here we go. For the equipping of the saints, that's you. You're like, what? Me? <laughs> my name's George. I'm the saint. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? No, you're, this is talking about you. For the equipping of the saints. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you're a saint. Turn the other person and say, I'm a saint. <laughs> Stick your name in there. Saint. <clears throat> saint. Saint Nate. <laughs> it doesn't have to. Saint, stick your name in there. Walk around the house. Let your kids know I'm a saint. <clears throat> Gee, I need a bit of this. Saint Simo. You're a saint. This is talking about you. For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. I mean, well, hi, bye. To a perfect man, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Woo, I mean, we don't have time to unpack this completely this morning. We're not exegeting this scripture this morning. But I just want us to see that you are the saints. And as the, we, our job is to, we are to be equipped in our gathering. In the gather, we are equipped for the works of ministry. And I'm going to break that down a bit later. But see, the church... The body of Christ, this local expression, whether it's the universal church, the local church, the organization or the organism, us as a community. The church is a hospital, it's a boot camp, and it's a fueling station. Come on, we're a hospital, we're a boot camp, and we're a fueling station. We're a hospital. This place isn't full of perfect people. This is not full of people who've got it all together. We're not walking around pretending that we have everything sorted. We're not walking around with a confidence that says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am the pinnacle of a Christian. Like, no, we're not doing that. This is a hospital. You can come in here. People can come in here broken, hurting. You can come in here bleeding all over the place, metaphorically speaking. <laughs> bleeding all over the place. Broken. This place is a hospital. You can find healing in community. You can find wholeness in community. You can find what you need here. This place is a hospital. You can come in here limping. You can come in here with no legs and leave with legs, spiritually speaking, emotionally speaking, and physically speaking. Come on, let's believe for miracles. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Faith, come on. But this is also a boot camp. We're not just a hospital so that you can get well and comfortable. No, we're a boot camp. We're a boot camp. We want to get strong. We want to be encouraged. We want to be challenged. We want to be shown a higher level like, hey, you can be up here. You can grow. You can be better. And this is how you do it. Drop down, give me 10. Like it's challenging, but church should be a boot camp where we challenge each other to grow and get better. Growth is hard, but we have a community full of coaches to help us. 
we, alert, we learn that we are made of more than we thought we were. And we get strong, not just for fun's sake. We get strong for the mission, for the calling to go. This is what we gather for. We, get, we gather, we come together as a body to grow together, to strengthen one another, to get healed up, to get well, to get strong, to go. We are also a fueling station because when we go, we come back. We fuel up. We get fueled up in community. We pray for one another in table spaces. We call up the person we know is hurting or going through a hard time. We pray for them. What can we pray for? Hey, can I help you? We fuel each other up. It's a fueling station. We refresh each other. We pray for one another. We encourage each other. We don't tear down each other. We build each other up. Iron sharpens iron. See, Jesus gathered the disciples. He first called the disciples. He gathered the disciples. They grew together, and he said, go. He said, go, go into all the earth. Go and extend the kingdom of God into all the earth. Even when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain, I love this. This isn't a picture of why we're not just called to gather and do nothing else. Jesus was transfigured on the mountain with Peter, James, and John. He's transfigured into all of his glory. And then Moses shows up. And Elijah shows up. And they're all like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Hey, I brought a tent, Jesus. Let's just set up shop here. Let's set up shop. I brought the camper van. I don't, it's not invented yet. I brought the camper van. Let's just fold it out. Let's set up some chairs. Like Elijah's here. Moses, like how better, this can't get any better. And Jesus is like, no. He's like, no, 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 no. Put that away. We've got to go back. We've got a mission. We've got a calling. There's something the Father has called us to do. We can't just camp in the gathering. We need to go. And this is where the cadence of our calling happens. It's in the gathering and the going. We gather to get strong and grow and build each other up. And then we go into all the earth. And we go as ministers. That Ephesians verse says that it equips the saints for the work of ministry. We go as representatives of the kingdom of heaven. We go as portals of heaven to earth. Ephesians 4, 11 to 12, that we just talked about, it says that it's for the equipping of the saints, that's you, for the work of ministry. Now, in the NIV, if we drop back to the NIV, down a level, go back to easy level, you know, easy mode. It says to equip his people for works of service. So here we go. Okay, are we ministers or are we works of service? Well, ministry from the Greek word, Pastor Keith, doing this for you. I'm just joking. <laughs> ministry is from the Greek word dikoneto. Ooh, I got the uh, uh, on there. So I didn't say, did you want a kineto? I said <laughs> dikoneto, which means, it literally means to serve. The word ministry literally means to serve. How good is that? In the New Testament, ministry is seen as service to God and others in His name. It's service. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. This is where I'm going to stay for the rest of the message. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 21. It says, therefore... Now, this is, a, this is an epic passage. Like, we're not exegeting Scripture this morning, but I'm telling you, you could sit in this passage for months on end. This is, oh, man, I love Corinthians. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17, 21, NIV, so middle level, middle hardness, uh, it's on the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. All this from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, reconciliation means to restore to bring back or re-establish. So he's given us the work of service to restore, bring back, or re-establish. That God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting people's sin against them, and he has committed to us. He has committed to us, the saints. He's committed to us the message of reconciliation. The message of restoration, the message, the message of re-establishment. It says, we are therefore, listen to this, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. Woo, that's a big word. The, we are Christ's ambassadors. What's an ambassador? It's a person sent as the chief representative of his or her own government in another country. So you're an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Man, like if you just sit and ponder on what that means, like if if the USA sends an ambassador to another country, that ambassador goes with the full weight of authority, the full weight of responsibility. It's as if the president was going himself, that the ambassador that goes to another country is treated as if it was the president themselves. So we, every single one of us, are called to be ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors of the kingdom of God. Because when we're born again, we're born into a new family, the body of Christ. We're part of a different realm. We're part of a different jurisdiction. We're part of a different government. The government of the kingdom of God. And we are sense with the full weight of authority and responsibility to go. We're called to gather. We're called to go. Not just go as Simo, but to go with the full weight and responsibility of the kingdom of heaven. Everywhere I go. Where I go, God goes. Where you go, God goes. It's to restore, to bring back and reestablish people back into connection with the Father. Things back into the original order that God had planned. You are a minister in the gather and an ambassador in the going. We minister when we gather to each other and we're ambassadors as we go. We're both a minister and an ambassador. I want to I want to bust a couple of myths this morning. Is that all right? that good? Get ready for some myth busting. How good is that show, man? Oh, myth busters. Oh, I might start up a channel. I got, there's two myths when we're called ministers or ambassadors. Oh, there's, there's, there's some preconceived ideas that I think we get stuck in our head when we think of ministry. We think, this is it, I'm going to go get into it. There's two myths of ministry. The first myth is that Ministry is done by all the pastors. 
All the pastors, all the paid people do ministry and we watch them do ministry or we come to them while they do ministry. Now that's partially true, but there's a limiting perspective on that. See, church isn't just another piece of of content that we consume. Church is a community we contribute to. Every single one of us. Because there is there is an idea that we just come to church and we enjoy a message and we enjoy the music. And I'll enjoy it. That's all good. But it's not just something to consume and go, cool, and then go on about our day. That's not what it is. It's a covenant community. The body, you are born into a spiritual family that's on a, an eternal mission. It's not just the pastors. It's every single one of us. Scriptures call you all ministers and priests and ambassadors of Christ. You don't have to wait for someone to tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, uh, you can minister now. Here's a microphone. It's time for you to go up on stage and do a message because you now, now you're allowed to minister. You don't need a stage. You don't need a microphone. You don't need a title. You don't need to be on staff. There's no part-time ministers. You might think, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bricklayer. I'm a small business owner. Like what? You're a full-time ministry. You're a full-time minister. You're a full-time ambassador. Whatever you're doing, oh, I stack shelves of wool is great. You're a minister. You're, a, you're an ambassador of Christ. You don't need to be on staff. An ambassador is a person sent as a chief representative. You're a chief representative. We're to represent Him. We're to amplify His influence, not amplify our own personal brand. God's gifts are not so that you can be seen. They're so that He can be seen. We are propelled as a people who permeate other places. We are ministers of a new covenant. We're not ministers of an old covenant. We're ambassadors of an old covenant. We don't go out there and try and tell everyone how to live their life according to, you know, the, the laws of the Bible. No, no, we're ministers of a new covenant. We're meant to resent, represent the grace and the goodness and the love of God to a dying world. Not the rules and regulations of an Old Testament, the grace and goodness of a God who loves them and is reconciling him, them back to Himself. We're the ministers of a new covenant. We're not the moral police. Number two, myth number two. There's not spiritual stuff and non-spiritual stuff. I think sometimes it's, our, it's really our Western culture. It's really our, our Western culture that puts things in buckets. We compartmentalize our entire life. I do this. I recognize this in my own life. In Scripture, these guys... Jewish people, they did not compartmentalize their life. Everything was overlapping and intertwining. But we compartmentalize our life. We go, all right, Sundays, that's spiritual time. Spiritual time on Sundays. That's where I do my spiritual stuff. I do my spiritual stuff on Sunday. On Monday, I do my work stuff. Monday, work stuff. I do my spiritual stuff. And we, we want all our ducks in a row. I do my spiritual stuff. I do my work stuff. And then I do my friend's stuff. I've got my friend's stuff got my marriage stuff, got my family stuff. And we compartmentalize, especially if you're a guy. I mean, I love compartmentalizing. It's great. So I, there's a whole big problem over here. I'll just go over here into this bucket. I don't have to think about it, you know. Jess hates that. 
I'm like, I'm on to another thing, sorry. Uh, but we break down our life into all kinds of buckets. I've got my devotion time, 20 minutes in the morning or 10 minutes or five minutes, whatever it is, it's great. Five minutes, and then I go about my normal life. Table space, oh, I do two spirituals a week. I do Sunday, and I do table space. Once a month, I'll do lawn care, so I've got three spirituals going, like, mm. Like, look at my spiritual tally. I'm in the New King James Bible now, like, mm, yes. But the truth is, God wants to permeate every single container. God doesn't want to be limited to one container. God's not limited to one time slot on a Sunday in your life. No, He wants to be involved in your workplace. He wants to work through you in your workplace to reach your work colleagues. He's involved in your kid, in your family life, in your friend's life. I mean, when I go running, I involve God. I go running through the bush and I'm like, oh God, look at the trees, it's beautiful. In fact, one time I went running, I, run in, I ran into this bloke, not physically, like I bumped, you know, out in the middle of the bush. And this is an example of how we can be ambassadors and ministers of Christ. I'm not like, it's my running time. I'm not ministering to anyone. I'm not going to talk to anyone about God. I'm not going to engage in anyone in conversation about spiritual things. No, it's my running time. I'll do that on Sunday. And in my table space, I'm not doing it here. No. There was a guy that I bumped into out on the headlands. And I started chatting. I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit. It's like, yeah, talk, like talk to this guy a little bit more. He seemed interesting. It was interesting. <laughs> quite, quite interesting. I said, oh, just chatting to him. I was like, oh, man, how good is it out here? Just like, just God's creation. And he's like, oh, you believe in God? And we started this conversation, found out this guy's like, he's full into some spiritual stuff. Like we had this incredible conversation about all kinds of things. But apart from that, all I simply did was lean into the moment and recognize I'm an ambassador of Christ out here in the bush. I can, I can, I don't have to be perfect at it. I don't have to have all the answers. I'm just trying to chat to this guy about God. You might be playing with your kids. God, it's a spirit, everything, we don't have non-spiritual and spiritual things. God is there with your, you are an ambassador of Christ. You're a minister in that moment with your kids. What's God saying? It might not be like so super spiritual as like God's like booming down. He's like, here's a prophetic word for Audrey that the seas will part and you'll go to the nations. Or like, no, it might just be a beautiful, encouraging word. So I think, I think God really loves that part about you. You're a minister in that moment. In my workplace last year, um, I mean, I, I haven't been in a workplace in a while without Christian, non-Christians. Uh, but there was a, a new employee, his name was Matt. And um, we just had some amazing conversations about God. I didn't try and shove down his throat. I didn't try and convert him on the spot. I just ministered. I, just, I was just an ambassador. I made sure my life was real, authentic. That he saw I wasn't like some weird person that was plastic and fake. No, I'm a real person and God is shining out of me. Because I'm a broken vessel. I'm, a, I'm an earthen vessel. He's not, I'm not trying to show him how good I am. I'm letting God leak out of me because I'm an ambassador of Christ. And as we go into all of our world, whether it's your workplace, whether it's university, whether it's Woolies and you're talking to the person across the counter, 
You're an ambassador of Christ. You're a minister of the kingdom of heaven. And God is with you. God goes where you go. I love this quote. There's a great book by John Mark Comer called Garden City. He says, so do your work, whatever it is, as a follower of Jesus. Because there are no compartment. Everything matters to God. The way of Jesus should permeate and influence and shape every facet of your life. We gather, we get strong, we grow, we build each other up and we go. We go. We grow, we gather, and we go. This is the cadence of our calling. They are not mutually exclusive. But they're not mutually exclusive. We don't just go, go, go. No, we've got to come back. We've got to refuel. We could, we could go into the battle, into the mission. We might lose a leg. I think of like Monty Python, that, that guy with the, that's like losing his arms. And stuff. Hey, we've got to come back. Healed, refueled, built up, strengthened for the mission that God has called us to in all the facets of our life. You're a builder, sure. And you're an ambassador and a minister. You're a full-time parent, yeah, and you're a minister and an ambassador. You're a full-time minister. God has called you. You have the fullness of Christ on the inside of you. Where you go, God goes. I think most of the barrier between like heaven and earth sometimes is just awareness. Try this next time you go to Woolies. Do it at Woolies. Seriously, do it at Woolies. Walk into Woolies. With a, okay. You might be Cole's person. I'm sorry. But like Everyday Rewards has got me. And right, it's boosting all over the place. I'm learning the booster, right? Not boosting down the, I'm not a kid, boosting down the corridors. No, walk into Woolies, stop, or do it in the car before you go in. Think, like, say those words to yourself. I'm an ambassador. I'm a representative of God. Where I go, God goes. And walk through Woolies. Don't, you don't have to do anything. You might. Just walk through with the unique awareness of who's inside you and who's with you. You walk different through Woolies. You'll think different through Woolies. You'll look at people different at Woolies. You, everything will change when you can't go through the, with the awareness that you are a minister and an ambassador. Do it. Do Woolies, Coles, Aldi. I'm not discriminating against any of those. That's the cadence of our calling. We gather, build each other up, and we go. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. And if you did, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our upcoming messages. We would love for you to connect with us by heading to c3victory.org.au.